Hello. What's up? The Home Podcast coming at you live from Lex Martin's bedroom floor. That's the dream, right? It's comfy. It's comfy down here. Well, uh, sorry. First of all, I'm sorry. Been busy. Uh, lots going on in my life. I'm not going to tell you, but lots going on. Nothing bad. All good. Uh, just, just chaos. You know, sometimes good can even feel like chaos. But, uh, yeah, we're, uh, we're still meeting on Saturdays, so you wouldn't need this podcast if you just came on Saturdays. But I'm still going to do the podcast because I love you. Cool? Cool. So, uh, we're kind of behind. Kind of behind. Uh, but we're in this but first series, and, um, yeah. I've wanted to preach this message for a long time. And, because I love this one. Um... I've, it's probably been brewing in my mind for like, geez, months. This one message brewing in my mind for months. And it's actually this message that kind of essentially kicked off this entire but first series that um, we've been in. Um, but we're going to look at a passage where people and some of Jesus' disciples leave him and question him. And so we're going to enter the shoes of Jesus um, in this podcast, and we're going to enter the shoes of Peter tonight. Uh, not Yeah, it's tonight. It's, it's 7.40 at night right now. It'll be good. Um, so first we're going to kind of enter into Jesus' shoes. In this passage, Jesus makes some big statements, and actually uh, very weird statements, you know? Uh if I were not a Christian and did ha- and had zero knowledge of <laughs> like the Bible or communion or anything, all this would be like really weird because it's pretty graphic. Um, and I hope in this message I will make it crystal clear to you because there's actually a lot of beauty in um, this graphic weird material so for let's uh you're probably driving are you driving say yes if you're driving nobody's driving just joking it's a podcast but if you're not driving and if you're sitting on your bedroom floor listening to this turn to john 6 we're gonna be in john 6 the entire i think the entire time don't quote me on that and we're going to be starting in ver- or John 6, verse 60. And verse 60 reads, Therefore, many of his disciples, when they heard this, said, This is a da- difficult statement. Who can listen to it? So, again, I said, if this is weird, uh, this is weird. It's a weird way that Jesus decided to talk about um, himself. So, um, obviously, we need to kind of rewind since... Um, they said when they heard this in that verse. So we're going to rewind um, back 20 verses. Okay, so now we're going to back up to John 6, 
verse 41. And I'm going to read through all of this. might be long, and sorry, I, I'm, I'm a terrible reader. You know, I need to read more out loud um, because I'm just bad at it. So I'm going to read through all this. Um, and if you can, while I'm reading through this, remember that Jesus is not the Jesus we know today, okay? Jesus is just a guy who's doing some crazy stuff on earth. He's walking around on earth, and he's not the Jesus that we know today who ended up dying on the cross for all of all, all, all of mankind and all of their sins, okay? So keep that in your mind, that when these people were hearing what Jesus said, he was just a, I don't know, uh, I hate saying this, uh, but it it's kind of it, it's it's true. They envisioned Jesus as just a good teacher or a good pastor or a prophet or something like that. Um, we know Jesus as a savior and a lord. So keep that in mind um, as we read through this. Okay, so verse forty-one in John six it says, "So the Jews grumbled about him because he said." I am the bread that came down from heaven. They said, Is this, is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How does he now say, I have come down from heaven? Jesus answered them, Do not grumble among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. It is written in, in the prophets, and they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father, except he he who is from God. He has seen the Father. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Again, he repeats himself. I am the bread of life. You, your fathers ate the manna, which is bread, in the wilderness, and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven, so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Again, if he repeats himself again. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And that and the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. Okay. Let's pause for a second. Obviously Jesus wants us to get the the theme of that first chunk of verses of I am the bread of life. Jesus is the bread of life. And then he ends with this weird statement that says, and the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. So Jesus is the bread of life and the bread is actually flesh. Okay, let's keep reading. Verse 51. The Jews then disputed among themselves saying, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? Yeah, 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 weird. So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. Verse 55, For the flesh is the true food. (laughs) What? And my blood is true drink. This is getting weird now, yes? Verse 56. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. 
as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father. So whoever feeds on me, he also will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like the bread the fathers ate and died. Whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. Jesus said all these things in the synagogue as he taught at Capernaum. So with us thinking back to the way the disciples were hearing this and the people in the church were hearing this, they were obviously troubled and confused. Yes, it states, unless you eat the flesh and drink the blood of me, you have no life. So this is confusing, right? It's very confusing. I don't want to be a cannibal, you know? I don't want to drink blood. It sounds disgusting. It does not sound hydrating at all or refreshing or tasty. <laughs> um, but let me explain. Obviously, obviously, Jesus is not saying turn into cannibals. Okay? Um, but before we get too far into that, let's focus on one thing. The Jewish leaders grumbled because they saw Jesus as a carpenter and couldn't accept his claims of divinity. Divinity meaning him from heaven, him, son of God, him, God. So they grumbled because he didn't have the status that you were supposed to have. You see, the Jewish people never accepted Jesus because they were waiting for a high political f figure to uh, save them. That's what they thought their Messiah was going to be, was a political figure, somebody of power, somebody of might, not a carpenter, not a, uh, uh, not a baby in a manger, you know, kind of king. He was supposed to be a big deal, but Jesus came as not a big deal, and then he is a big deal. <laughs> Got it? Some people say that there is no way God sent a son to earth, right? We've all heard that from some of our friends or family. Um, but what most are actually struggling with is the concept of surrender and obedience that we will be talking about in this, okay? Jesus demands our buy-in. Jesus demands our, our commitment to his plans and to his will. When we make the statement of Jesus, I accept you as Lord and Savior that is only brought about that's only brought about by the urging of the Holy Spirit. Okay? So let me say that in a different way. Which might confuse you more, but I'm gonna still say it because it needs to be said. We don't save ourselves. Okay? The Holy Spirit comes and says, hey, you need a savior. The Holy Spirit comes and says, hey, you're not good. <laughs> you're not a good person. And then, then we have that free will inside us to either say yes or no. And we'll see in a second that there's no gray area in this thing called Christianity. Okay? This is a big thing. There's no gray area. So in the passage, we read Jesus changes gears into a metaphor, uh, met, uh, into the metaphor of him being bread. And I don't know about you, but I love bread. I love banana bread, zucchini bread, sourdough, French bread. I love bread. I love bread. Um, but 
those kinds of bread are physical and temporary, you know? We eat them, we digest them, and then, it's, yeah, ta-da. I eat it, and it keeps me full for a little bit, and then I need more day after day, day after day, day after day, right? The best kind of bread is Jesus, right? Duh, let me explain. The bread of Jesus, the bread of life, the bread of life, which we'll call it also, the bread and the bread of life and the bread of Jesus, all the same thing, okay? The bread of life is eternal. It's not a physical bread. It's a spiritual bread, okay? This is getting kind of weird, right? This is not a loaf that you slice and put butter, jam, or cheese on. It's a bread from heaven. In this scripture, Jesus is saying, I am the bread of life. Let me explain it in this manner. You know, I, I believe everybody in life has a hunger for more and more and more. And what this is saying is that you should always be full because if you have Jesus as the bread of life, you should always be full. Okay? So when we're, when we're asking or, or when we're searching for more money and the cooler car and the bigger house and the nicer couch and all of these things, the, the next new technology, um, yeah, it's very cool. But there's almost a subliminal um, message in that that says um, you're not satisfied with where you're at. When we are satisfied with where we're at, that means we have Jesus living inside of us, and he is the bread of life, and he is the only one who satisfies that hunger for more and more. So with us surrendering and getting rid of all of our but firsts, what we're actually doing is being obedient and loyal to what Jesus says. And you've heard me... And you've heard me say many times that we've only scratched the surface. And the bottom line is that it shouldn't be technically true. But it is because of us. Yes, we've only scratched the surface because I'm dragging my feet and you're dragging your feet. And we're all dragging our feet in this kind of, in this spiritual walk, in this faith walk. When we accept Jesus, we have access to all of heaven now. So when I say we've only scratched the surface, it's not God's fault. It's not heaven's fault. It's our fault. Because the Lord always increases the measure that um, he wants. So, when we accept Jesus, we have access to all of heaven now. When we say we want more and more and more of Jesus, it's because of us. When we accept the bread of life... That means we have everything we could possibly need. And I'll say that again. When we accept the bread of life, that means we have everything we could possibly need. So I guess our first prayer that you can kind of take away of this is, Lord, would you just increase my obedience and loyalty in this podcast? The bread we are talking about is the bread of life because it satisfies completely and it leads to eternal life. And I know this is a lot to take in, so um, I say this every week. 
if you have any questions, just email us, write us, um, or find us on social media. But we're going to keep going. So the first big question is, how can Jesus give us his flesh to eat? <laughs> um, to eat living bread means to accept Jesus in our lives and become united with him. If this meant actually, hey, take a slice off of Jesus and eat it, uh, we would be screwed, frankly. You know, there's not enough uh, of Jesus's body to go around, if you will. You know, so what what this actually means is eat the living bread, which means accepting Jesus into our lives and becoming united with him. I broke this down into two ways to become united with Jesus. I've got a running nose, sorry. I broke this down into two ways to become united with Jesus. First way is by believing in his death and resurrection, right? It's true. It actually happened. It's history. It's amazing, and I'm glad it happened. He died, rose again, and and uh, is now sitting in heaven because he's freaking sweet, okay? Second way to become united with Jesus, and obviously there's more, but I'm, I'm just giving you two. Um, the second one is by devoting ourselves to his teaching, which means devoting ourselves to his word. And I'll kind of piggyback onto that and trusting in Holy Spirit for power and partnership. You see, um, we can't do anything alone. You know, um, I love to pray for myself to be a puppet for God to operate, you know, because he's the guy pulling the strings um, behind the curtain, right? I, I'm just, I'm supposed to be the willing guy here on earth to do his work. And believe me, God would be much more efficient if he did not use me and he just did it on himself, right? So I hope you understand what the bread means. It means eating of him and accepting him because he, it's, it's an acknowledgement of, of, it's saying, sorry, it's saying that, Lord Jesus, you are the only one who satisfies me. That's what bread means. That's what it means to eat of the living bread or the eternal bread. Okay. Now drink his blood. Huh? Right? Very confusing. Um, again, just like it wasn't literal to eat his flesh, it's actually not literal to drink his blood. But let me kind of, I don't know, um, play on that thought of actually drinking blood. Okay? And I'll do it this way. What happens when we drink something? And think of like, okay, we're drinking V8 or Gatorade, okay? Gatorade, um, you absorb um, electrolytes and it replenishes um, something in you so you have more energy. That's why LeBron James drinks it and he sweats orange, right? That's why people drink Gatorade. Or V8 to get your fix of vi uh, vegetables and you get nourishment, right? So what happens when we drink something? It becomes part of us. Its nutrients get, get absorbed into our blood. Okay? That same kind of 
metaphor and comparison, envision actually drinking Jesus's blood, okay? You get it in a glass cup and you drink it. It would slowly be absorbed into your blood and it would run into in your veins. So when Jesus says, drink my blood, it means we have to become him and he becomes us. This is later on used as the Lord's Supper and communion. So when, when it says, eat of, eat of Jesus and drink of Jesus, it means become him as he becomes you. Isn't that cool? Right? It's that, uni- it's that unity, it's that intimacy that we're supposed to be striving for in our faith walk. And this maps it out in just a beautiful way. Uh, graphic, but a beautiful way. And I hope it makes sense. If it doesn't, please reach out to me because I, I uh, yeah, it's really cool. And I want you to understand it. This was all talked about in church. You know, this is amazing. They were in church. And I can't, uh, uh, people are grumbled by ripped jeans in church. Imagine this, you know, uh, <laughs> drink of my blood. Uh, I'm the bread of life and I'm the son of God. That's big statements to be said in church, right? And you better be right. Good thing he was. Now, so now we understand where the rest came from and now we're like okay now we can look at verse 60 again where it says therefore his disciples when they heard this they said this is a difficult statement who can listen to it now we understand what they just heard okay sorry it took that long but whatever we're gonna keep going so let's look at this john chapter 6 verses 60 through 62 is where i'm gonna kind of start So verse 60, therefore, many of his disciples, when they heard this, said, this is a difficult statement. Who can listen to it? But Jesus, Jesus conscious that his disciples grumbled at this, said to them, does this cause you to stumble? What then if you see the son of man, uh, son of man ascending to where he was before? (laughs) I love how plainly he spoke to to his followers and to the disciples. Sorry, that was disgusting. I love how plainly he spoke, though. He's essentially just saying, oh, you think that's a weird image. Imagine me just floating back into heaven. You know, that's what he's saying in those verses. Let's keep going. 62 through 65. What then if you see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before, ascending to heaven? It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and are life. But there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were who did not believe and who it was that would betray him. And he was saying, For this reason I have said to you that no one can come to me unless it has been granted him from the Father. 
Again, the Holy Spirit gives spiritual life. Without the work of the Holy Spirit, we cannot even see our need for a new life. All spiritual renewal starts and ends with God. He reveals truth and enables us to respond to truth and then indwells us. That is so cool. And Jesus addresses this again in John 14, um, 15 through 19. And I'll just read it for you. If you, love, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you, capital H, helper, to be with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it, it neither sees him nor knows him, you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you yet a little while and the world will see no more, but you will see me because I live, you live also. And again, and let's keep going. John 6, verse 66 reads, After this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. Bummer, right? So the first point Listening to everything Jesus says may mean you lose people. Which is a huge bummer, you know? Nobody wants to lose people, nobody wants to lose friends, but it's a it's a reality. The disciples just heard that you will compl- be completely satisfied if you follow Jesus. But listen to this, the gambling of others even made many disciples turn around. No, not gambling, sorry. The chatter. The chatter of others even made many of the disciples turn around. So put yourself in Jesus' shoes here. Fully human, fully God. He had friends called disciples and followers who thought he was crazy, who no longer walked with him. Following Jesus may mean you lose people, but you have to count the cost. The bottom line is Jesus used some wild but beautiful metaphors in this passage above. It is all complete truth, and he still had people turn away. Let's keep reading. 66 through 69. It reads, As a result, many of his disciples withdrew and were not walking with him anymore. So Jesus said to the twelve, You do not want to go away also, do you? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have believed and you have come and we have come to know that you are the holy one of God. So again, there is no middle ground in Jesus. Just like I said earlier, you're either in or you're out. Jesus was speaking complete without air truth, which ended up dividing people into two groups. And the two groups were honest seekers who wanted to know more. And the other group was those who rejected Jesus because they didn't like what they heard. And frankly, those two are still at work today. Those two kind of groups. Those who are actively seeking after God's heart and those who uh, just want the nice things. It's a major toxin in our churches today. Some of us only want the sweet, friendly Jesus, not the convicting Jesus. And I'll tell you right now, the home is not a place that will ever um, just kind of focus on the nice, fluffy stuff. We'll always go after the fullness of um, Jesus, the fullness of God, the fullness of the Holy Spirit. 
and go after and learn and seek more and understand more. But Jesus wants a yes or a no, an in or an out, or a follower or a buy. It's kind of scary, right? Jesus says to the 12 disciples, his, uh, his bros, Jesus and the boys, he says to them, do you guys want to go as well? And Peter replies so profoundly, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life, and we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. And what's amazing is, I mean, set the scene here, you know? As he's seen people run for the hills and deny Jesus and abandon Jesus, he makes this statement. You know, people who have walked, probably he's gained friendship with, friendships with, and I don't know, I almost see the, I almost see Peter on one side, Jesus in the middle, and all the other people leaving. And Peter still says this as he's seen all those people um, walk away. What's amazing about the statement is he's essentially saying, even if I were to go, I have nothing to go back to. I have tasted and seen that the Lord is good, and I have left everything else for you, Jesus. How powerful. He's saying there is no other way to eternal life. He understands the dedication and surrender that Jesus deserves, and he gave everything up for Jesus. No but first involved completely brought in or completely bought in and excited even if i were to go i have nothing to go back to because i have left everything that i that i've ever had super cool right so a little recap a little summary jesus calls himself the bread of life and tells us to drink of his blood because he's the only one that will satisfy us in our life. And on top of that, uh, and on top of that, he says, or no, and on top of that, you're going to experience um, people leaving you for following the fullness of what Jesus has to offer to you which will be so confusing and will be heartbreaking, but it's okay. <laughs> Hang in there. Because if you're staying steadfast to the Lord's word and listening to his Holy Spirit, then you have everything you need. And I guarantee those those people who walk away will um, will come back to you because they see how transformed you are and how changed you are and how peaceful and I don't know, uh, content you are in your life, but always striving more for your uh, relationship with Jesus. I hope that all makes sense. If it doesn't make sense, write us on our social media, and I'll clear it up for you. Um, or I'll buy you coffee. I love coffee. Cool? Well, uh, that's it. Thanks for tuning in. Have a good week. Peace.